I love the bit when it goes go dum dum like it goes all low. That's when Crofty comes in. I love that bit. Hello, welcome to That's great. It's great. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the cut to the race new show. is still going. I was gonna keep going. I won't lie. Okay, I'll stop. Oh, dear. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cut to the Race News Roundup show, the weekly show covering the news, views, and opinions from the F1 world, brought to you by the Formula News News Team. It is a very special show today, but keep listening until the end, and we will explain why. I am joined by the gang, Charlotte and Jay. How are you guys? Do you know what, Dan? I've just been thinking. There's that, obviously, Charlotte's a, a beautiful rendition of the F1 theme song. Do you remember the old classic, the Fleetwood Mac chain one, back in the day? Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
I think we all know what Mercedes driver's engine is missing. Because it is the Lewis Hamilton. I was about Hamilton's. to say that. <laughs> um, I was literally about to say. I think we, we often forget as F1 fans the the geographical... Wait, I forgot the word. You know, like the amount of ground they cover. So that was a very dumbed-down version of what, of what I was intended to say. But they cover a lot of miles, these people. And back-to-back, back, Mexico to Brazil is so, so far. But I feel like maybe as, as Europeans, we sort of underestimate how far it is because it's like oh it's in the same sort of part of the world so it's it's local but it's a it's, it's a big logistical challenge and i think we often forget that i think it's, it's formula one and or like dhl and all the other people that organize it organize moving the freight around just how little this happens because we never really often hear about this and obviously now it's happened it's quite a big news story but there's 20 odd races a season and it's such a rare occurrence so I think it just shows the the efforts that the people who people that make this happen go through and how it is often successful. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add to that really, but it's just obviously not the most ideal situation for the teams. We've they've obviously got their schedules and itineraries set out for the weekend and you know, the same things that happen especially Thursday's media day, but if their cars and parts of the garage are only arriving today, that's a big old turnaround before tomorrow, before practice, and obviously, uh, quality. That's it. I forgot what weekend we were on. Um, so yeah, very, very bad. It's the one you're missing. That's that's yeah, the one. Yeah, we're on. I think that's why. <laughs> yeah. I was like the forgetting about it. <laughs> <laughs> Erased it from your memory. Um, Jamie Chadwick, two-time W Series champion, has said that she doesn't plan to return to W Series. What what do you guys make of that? And what do you think the future holds for her? Well, I don't think of it as a massive surprise. She's the double, you know, W Series champion. Uh, you know, it's kind of almost like not really a need for her to be doing it again. Especially now this year, they got super license points. Uh, so the top eight received super license points. And I believe she got 15 with the next one being 12 points, which would be Alice Powell. So... The really like logical step would be to try and go in either like Formula Three or Formula Two. I don't know if it's too late to be joining any of those series. Um, Formula Three maybe would be a good option. Obviously, the W Series car are most likely like the Formula Three cars, so at least that was quite similar. But I, it would be really really cool to see her in Formula Two. Um, but I guess we have to wait and see. But there has to be something more that she can do. As long as she's racing. Uh, so that could be also within Extreme E. Um, but yeah, 100%. She needs to do some sort of racing next year. Not kind of lose that momentum that she's been building. Um, and hopefully keep progressing. And one day in Formula 1. Well, I guess for, for Jamie, that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Is to make it into Formula 1. But she's 23 now, which... It's obviously young, but in racing driver terms nowadays is is fairly old, and she's she's not even in you know Formula Three, Formula Two. I mean, I know she's part of the Williams the Williams driver development scheme, but there's no clear pathway for her into Formula One. So I think the next step probably is Formula Three. I I, I think staying at W Series another year. What does she really gain from that? Maybe she gets you know obviously a paycheck and a chance to to continue racing at a higher level, but. I think she's probably she's probably too good. She's proven herself at that level now. So the next logical step for her in terms of career is Formula Three. But my only fear is is obviously W Series is a very equitable series. You know the drivers don't pay any money to get into a Formula Three car. You need to have a lot of funding, and I don't know whether she has that. So that's my only fear is that her career stagnates. 
her career stagnates like so many other drivers who are very talented but just don't have the funds to pursue their dreams just a quick thing to add as well actually with the 15 super license points that she has gained she does have enough points to potentially take part in f1 free practice sessions now that excites that me is, that is that so is big. much i will oh my goodness if that happens i will lose it because that is just gonna be such a massive step especially as a woman myself that is just so exciting to see like that already would just be such a big step forward surely she could do like even if she did the young driver tests i know she's technically not a young driver but neither is fernando alonso and he did it i would i would like to see her maybe do fp1 and eva saudi or um would Abi because russell's leaving isn't he you know i mean russell he doesn't need to be there for i mean roy nasani always gets in and i think he's not the greatest driver obviously he's got a lot of that stuff that you're gesturing there than money but why not give her a go you know russell's on his way out i mean unless they want to give alex album a go i think why not just give chadwick a go just see what she can do against latifi see how she racks up against someone who's been in f1 for a couple of years now and yeah it'll just be good experience for her and it'll be good to see a woman actually drive an f1 car in a competitive sense i just dropped my pen and it completely vanished <laughs> i can't find it <laughs> Do you, do you need it? Not really, no, but I don't know where my pen's gone. Oh, there it is. It was on my chair. Oh, my you don't, God. You don't get this on the Autosport podcast. <laughs> wow. This oh, is it was on my riveting. chair the whole time. Okay, I'm going to keep that in just because to show how stupid I am most of the time. Um, Let's look ahead to Brazil slightly. Still in the news, rumours of an engine penalty for Lewis Hamilton are swirling around. Mercedes have had a lot of problems with their engine. I, I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic, but he should probably try and start on pole. <laughs> He's got a bit of catching up to do. So an engine penalty that sends him probably five places down the grid because he's already had one, and then it gets less for some reason the more you have. Might might hurt his chances a bit. Yeah, I mean, this news kind of hasn't surprised me because there was threats of this uh, being spoken about. And if I'm honest... I do think Max is going to win this weekend anyways um, with how dominant Red Bull are. And this is supposed to be a track that Red Bull have had great success at. I think Max won the last Grand Prix, didn't he? Um, so I, I'm really like the odds I didn't feel like are in Lewis's favour. And at least at this track, it is not bad for overtaking. So maybe it is a bit of a lesser deficit compared to another track, like maybe Qatar, because like we've said before, it doesn't look brilliant for overtaking from what we've seen um yeah I'm just I have this tone because um I I'm really really want this to go down to the wire and I still want Lewis to really be in the runnings for it but it just seems like Max is slowly pulling away and I'm feeling more fearful that I don't I don't know if this will be Lewis's eighth championship this year yeah it does seem like the gap is growing more and more to become insurmountable but only you have to be a very brave man to rule Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes out. You know, what is it, 19 points? 19 points, that's what, first to, I want to say, 7th or 8th. And I know Max is unlikely he's going to come 7th or 8th. But one DNF, you know, one first lap pile-up, one engine failure, one collision again or something like that. And it's it's all, you know, it's all, it's all at the window. So it's, it's definitely not over yet, but it is looking more and more that Verstappen is the favourite in terms of the engine penalty, 
I do feel like it's inevitable that Hamilton has to take another one. Look how many Bottas has had to take this year. And Hamilton's only had that, what, that one, was it ICE change at, in Turkey? So it feels like it is inevitable he's going to have to take one. And like Charlotte said, of all the tracks remaining, where would you probably want to take it? You'd probably say Brazil it in terms be, of yeah, the overtaking yeah. potential. Maybe Abu Dhabi because those ridiculously long straights on the DRS. But I don't think you really want to start from the back at the last race of the season. So, absolutely agree. Probably would be, would be Brazil. I mean, I just, like, I do try and remain impartial, but I do hope Hamilton, not maybe wins this weekend. Obviously, I hope Gasly wins this weekend, but <laughs> he beats Verstappen to a point where he can reduce the deficit. So yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. And I think as well, I think Merck might probably take it here because it is a Red Bull track, and Red Bull have been so good here in the past where. Maybe places like Abu Dhabi, where Merck have traditionally are pretty solid, and obviously Saudi and Qatar, no one really knows what's going to go on there. I think if you're going to take when you take it here, and then just try and minimise damage, and then just try and like a new engine go full out in the last few races of the season. Yeah, because this is the thing, right? It's the last two weeks. I thought, right, Hamilton might be able to do this. Like the you know the American Grand Prix or no USA Grand Prix. Sorry, I thought, okay, this is supposed to be the Mercedes track. And, you know, he got past him at turn one. I thought, yes, here we go. And then, no, it just was painful. And then um, last weekend, you know, it was a Mercedes front row lockout. I was like, yes, this is ideal. But no, it wasn't. And it just Max's pace was ridiculous. Like, I think he, did he win by like 15 or 20 seconds? Like, he made Hamilton look almost like rubbish in the sense of how far ahead he could go. Like, their pace was ridiculous it was just insane and that just makes me so fearful that's why i thought right brazil it's not looking good and i know people are saying the last three races of the season are leaning more towards mercedes but then again you know max won and got pole and abu dhabi last year um and just in general he just he just looks unstoppable this year so i'm not still counting out lewis hamilton i have that hope i'm just really fearful and i just don't really want to believe that it's not going to happen because at the same time max deserves this championship so much i think he's had nine wins this season is it nine or ten um nine, yeah it's just yeah he's just driving incredibly i just oh. love we're being spoiled we're being spoiled um yeah i just can't believe there's only four more i just love how we're like oh yeah he'll take the engine penalty now so he can really pump the rest of the season, you know, go for that full force. We've been saying that since, like, mid-season, and we're going to run out of races eventually. You can't just charge Abu Dhabi and hope Max DNFs like that. That's never going to work. And I've got a few stats here of the number of engines and engine parts Lewis has taken compared to Valtteri. So for ICE's internal combustion engines, Bottas has taken six, the most of the whole field. That won't surprise you. Hamilton's taken four. Uh, turbochargers, Bottas has taken five, the most of the whole field. Hamilton's taken three. MGUHs, Bottas has taken five, the most of the whole field. Hamilton's taken three. MGUKs, Bottas has taken four, joint most of the whole field, and Hamilton's taken three. So ha everything of Hamilton's is older than Bottas is. That that's got to play into it. And I bet it will still be Bottas that takes the engine penalty. I bet it will. Of course it will. Yeah, it's probably, probably. They can't afford to. Like they really can't. I just wanted to ask, before we move on to whatever we're talking about next, 
Dan, you're, you're a Bottas fan, right? And obviously, last weekend, Toto Wolf uh, was very critical over your favourite driver regarding the first lap in Mexico. You know, Verstappen managed to get around the outside of both the Mercs, take the lead, and like Charlotte said, driver from win by a country mile. So, do you think the criticism is justified? Defend, defend no, him right here. No, of course it's blimmin' not justified. Right, I, I, I went... I did this on the race review show and I was very angry, so I'm a little bit calmer now. What's he meant to do? If he defends the outside, Bottas is going... Uh, sorry, Verstappen is going to the inside and then he's just wheel-to-wheel with Lewis. What's he meant to do? Like, do you think... Explain, what is he meant he to do? Do you think he should have gone on the racing line? Stayed on the racing line just to, so Max couldn't break as late? And well, then... yeah, but Max would have gone down the inside and then been closer to Lewis. Or if Bottas closes him off more, he's not left a car width, then he's got a penalty. I, I, so I don't I, understand what else he was meant to do in that scenario. I personally think that the Mercs should have said, how much should have been where Bottas was? Bottas should have been where Max was. And then they should have left the inside clear because either Checo would have got there and I wouldn't have trusted Checo's braking on the side of the track on the first lap. Or it would have been one of the McLarens like it was in the end. It was Ricardo who got there. And... I mean, if Ricardo gets in front of you, it's not that deep because you got a faster car. And if Ricardo beats you, then Ricardo beats you. You know, you're not fighting McLaren, you're fighting Red Bull. So I don't know whether that's Bottas's fault or whether that's something that Mercedes didn't cover off well enough in their strategy strategy meetings before the race. I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, I'm kind of on the fence with it. Uh, I just literally just rewatched going into turn one, and I do think Bottas broke too early. When you watch it, he broke so much sooner. Max went, "Wee, I'm gonna keep going." He was trying to let Lewis down the inside. Yeah, because that's the thing. He's obviously didn't want to crash into Lewis because obviously that would be ten times worse. But it, I think what the I think one of the main issues was is that Max was in P3, which did seem like the most ideal and best place to start. Um, which obviously that can't have really been helped. Um, so I think that's definitely a factor into it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe Bottas could have broke a bit later. I um, could have still gone, and then Bottas could have like buggered up um, Verstappen's line. But then Max would have gone to grass. I don't. Oh, you don't. You don't know. I don't know. Hans has a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, that's why we sit here and not at racetracks the delivering strategy. Very true. Very true. Um, bit of a bit of a paddock rumor that's. Con- concreted is concreted a word got more concrete over the last few um the few days and hours the otmar safnauer from aston martin of course very much associated with aston martin could be off to alpine where's that come from now, that is a shock i don't think i've been that surprised since oh when was I, when was i last surprised since, since pakai saka <laughs> took that final penalty for england at the, at the oh Euro dear. system like, oh dear. don't bring surprise. that up don't bring yeah, it up i don't want to ruffle any feathers but that was a <laughs> for alpine zoe it makes sense because they're without a natural sort of leader since so so a bit were left then they became alpine they've had sort of had like, lauren rossi martin bukowski sort of fulfilling that ceo role that that team leader role so i'm a bit surprised there I mean, not not surprised about Alpine's front, but from Otmar Schaffner's point of view, unless he's been kicked out by Lawrence Stroll and I don't know, maybe Lawrence Stroll was a, a big name to Aston Martin. Obviously, he wants them to be the top dogs in the sport. For Otmar, 
it doesn't really make sense. He's been there since 2009 when it was Force India, Racing Point. He's the reason why they have the Mercedes engines. As a career move, I feel like you'd rather be with uh, Aston Martin. I feel like they've probably got the, the better future, more investment. I know Renault are a works team, Alpine are a works team, so maybe there's that. Interestingly, that both teams have refused to comment, and usually when that kind of happens, it usually means it's pretty concrete. So, mm. Yeah, basically what Jay said, I'm just really shocked, because especially with... Um... I was about to say Lance, Lawrence Charles aims for Aston Martin. You know, he wants them to be a, a championship winning team. Like his plans are huge with the new um, factory and, you know, you know, big old center and things like that. I just, I'm quite, just quite surprised. I'm really surprised, but yeah, I mean, Alpine, I guess, I, 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 yeah, I'm a bit speechless to be honest. I guess Alpine are quite a big team. You know, with the Renault and Alpine academies and things like that. You know, it's a French brand. I don't know if that... I, honestly, I, I, I really don't know what to say. This is not what I would have expected. I feel like if you were for a bigger team in the championship, you know, Ferrari or like McLaren, even one of them midfield teams compared to Alpine, who I have to say haven't been doing the best this year. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Dan, what do you think? Or Jay, anyone? Well, I was surprised, I must admit, because he's quite high up, Aston, so I was I was surprised, but I, I can't really blame him for seeking a new challenge. He's been there a long time, fair play. Can I just ask, real quickly, I mean, this is not really on the point of him moving to Alpine, Otmar, but you know when uh, the Sky commentators, they cut to the pit wall, and it's either usually like, goodness, Steiner, uh, Martin Bukowski, Martin Bukowski, sorry, uh, Omar Shavznal or Christian Horner. Who is your favourite on the pit wall? What about Andreas Seidel? Oh, Andreas. I forgot about Andreas. I do like Come Andreas on. there, to be fair. Let's not forget. Mm. Um, I, I don't think like my favourite is Gunther. That was my Gunther impression. That yeah. was awful. <laughs> that was pretty good, to be fair. Uh, I would probably say Andreas. Oh, I'm so a McLaren fan, though. I do like Otmar. Mm. Like he's quite... I don't know, I think he's quite frank with his words. and Quite French. Oh, I think he's quite a good insight. Quite Frank. Frank. Oh, Frank. Like Frank. <laughs> yeah, Frank. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, he is going to Alpine, eh? Well, uh, we did see, we did see car. <laughs> we uh, thought the car would be faster in the streets, but... Uh... <laughs> I didn't even know this until I researched it, but he's actually Romanian. Did you know that? Well, well he's born in Romania and then studied, like, spent quite a lot of young life in the States, so that's why he's got that, that accent. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, the name is is definitely not American, so that's not the biggest True. surprise. But yeah, um, yeah. I would say Andreas Seidel, just because obviously I'm intrigued about what McLaren have to say. I do like Gunter, but obviously if they start talking about Haas and they're like, "Yeah, we want to do this," I'm thinking, "Are you?" Um, <laughs> that's the only reason. <laughs> Sorry, that's savage. Um, yeah. Sorry. I like Gunter. I don't feel like I've seen Gunter that much this season. I'll wait yeah. for Drive to Survive. <laughs> funny, yeah, funny that, I guess. Their cars are right at the back, aren't they? I'll wait you know, for Drive to Survive. It's not very, not very interesting. Let's move on. Williams have said that they're going to start next season on the back foot as they miss the post-season young drivers test in Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't know why they're missing it. <laughs> well, the key difference, uh, Mr Palmer, between this year and previous years is that they're going to be using the new 18-inch tyres. Obviously, usually it's pretty much just the chance to give 
the young drivers a chance in Formula Machinery. They, they do a test and you get to see who's quickest or sometimes you get to see old maestros come back like we did for last year, Fernando Alonso, who somehow became a young driver at the age of like 40. But this year, it's, it's more important than maybe before because you know new tyres and obviously if you're not running for, was it a three-day test, then that's a lot of data you're going to be missing out on, especially with the radical rule changes coming in next season. However, though, I do remember that McLaren weren't taking part in the postseason testing uh, last year. So maybe it won't be a big issue and it won't actually cause them a great deficit. And, you know, I don't know if they're the only team who aren't taking part. I don't know if McLaren will also take, you know, not take part again. Um, and yeah, if I'm honest, I don't remember hearing too much about it um, from the other teams into this year. I don't know. That's just me, maybe. Um, obviously, don't know what happens behind the scenes and in their data, but I wouldn't worry too, too much, personally. No, I, I think I don't think it's a huge issue. As Jade said, the tyres uh, will provide data that they'll miss out on, but maybe they'll get it from Mercedes or something. Who knows? Um, and Bottas has also said that he would like to drive for Alfa Romeo in that test if Mercedes let him. I thought that last line was quite interesting, because who knows if Mercedes are going to let him or not. But Probably we shall not. see. Yeah, well, you never know. Maybe they'll just get him out, George Russell in, literally as soon as they can. Dun, dun, dun. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Let's preview the Brazilian Grand Prix. Charlotte, I know you're not watching it, but are you excited for the Brazilian Grand Prix? I am. I really am. I will be watching it after it happens, but nonetheless, we're trying to be staying away from any sort of information, news, spoilers, anything like that. Um, but yes, I am really excited. It's in a really amazing track with a lot of history. Also, um, just really love Senna, so it's just quite nice to go back to his home country and kind of get that vibe from Senna and all, you know, when he got his first win, like I think Formula One posted a video of it today and it was just like, oh, chills. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, I mean, we're not doing predictions yet, but I do predict that Red Bull will be extremely strong and most likely win. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited. And it's the final sprint race of the weekend. Weekend? Of the year, should I say. So let's see what drama it will bring. I'm quite sad that there's not any more Brazilian drivers on the grid. I feel like that would be really, really cool if there was Brazilians there. I mean, maybe Fittipaldi. I mean, I know he's actually American, but he's kind of Brazilian. But obviously, he's not going to be there racing this weekend. So it would be good to have Brazilians there. You know, that's that home atmosphere. Like, we've seen what it was like in Mexico with Checo. I mean, I remember when Massa used to race and the atmosphere was electric. So it's kind of sad. I do hope there is a Brazilian on the grid soon. I feel like that would be very good for Formula 1. But yeah, I can't wait for this weekend. I love Brazil. Brazil's my favourite track of the whole season. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so, so am I. I can't wait. Um, you know, history would have it that Max and Lewis are going to crash on Sunday, given they've crashed at the last two sprint races. It's safe to say that at this point of the season, that crash would benefit Max a lot more than it benefits Lewis. But who knows? Unless who knows what's going to happen there? It's like there. a Silverstone crash. A Silverstone crash where Very true. Max goes out and Hamilton can still make it. To be fair, that happens. Hamilton's in the lead, and we're having a very different conversation on Monday morning, aren't we? It would be more ideal for Hamilton, Mercedes, and in general this fight for the championship in the sense of it going down to the wire because we don't want it to end too soon. We want it to go all the way to the end and us to be kept on our toes. My biggest fear is that it ends in Qatar or Saudi. Just imagine like, 
a brilliant season that ends like a guitar. Oh, doesn't sit right with me at all. No. I mean, not that I hate Qatar as a country, but I look at the track and I think like th- th- this season deserves to be completed in Brazil. Brazil should be the last race for this season. Like, in terms of season finales, they're always good at Brazil, so Brazil should have been the season finale, and I think that's what we're going to really see when we get to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, who knows? Abu Dhabi modified the track. Hopefully those changes will be will make the track better, more racing, quicker, and anything really, to be honest. You can't really get worse, can you? <laughs> Literally anything will be an improvement on... On Abu Dhabi, Brazil is a track. Max and Red Bull typically go well there. Hamilton does go well there. He, um, it's that, it's how it always reminds me of when he took Albon out and poor Albon was about to get his first podium. Then Hamilton wipes him out and goes, none of that. And of course, it's the scene where Ocon crashed into Verstappen when Ocon was a lap down and started a bit of a rivalry. And Pierre Gasly got his first podium there. Can I just add that in? He did. Yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? He outdragged Lewis Hamilton to the line. What a guy. He too and a Toro Rosso. That was actually awful that year. I don't think many drivers could do that on the current grid. Honestly, I really do think we should keep our eyes peeled for Pierre this weekend. Especially after P4 in Mexico. That's what I love to hear. He was sensational. He was definitely the best driver in Mexico. Definitely the best driver in Mexico. He was amazing. I honestly think it could be a potential podium for him this weekend, maybe. Oh, shoot. I should use that on my prediction. God damn it. Hold on. I'll I'll say retract. (laughs) We'll pretend you never said that. (laughs) Um, Spoiler alert. I think Charlotte's prediction is going to be maybe a Pierre Gasly podium. I don't know why you think that. Mm, Just a hunch. Don't have his crystal ball out. Yeah, I feel like there's a pun to make there, but I can't think of one. Anyway, this is the part of the show where we'd normally make predictions, but I mentioned at the start of the show that this is a, a special episode of the, the Cut to the Race News Roundup show, and that's because it is the final episode of the Cut to the Race News Roundup show, as you know it, with me, Charlotte, and Jay. The News Roundup show will continue. I'm sure I think it will take a few weeks off, and then it will be back, but myself, Charlotte, and Jay will no longer be hosting it as we are moving on to new things, but nothing, nothing against anyone. We love all the listeners. We love everyone here. But there'll be, there'll be someone different next time you next time you tune into the News Roundup show. Yeah, I'm super sad this is coming to an end. Um, you know, I've had so much fun on this podcast and I absolutely love doing it with my two favourite people here. Um, but as, as, as Dad said, you know, we're moving on to different things uh, for different reasons. I mean, I guess... All, all good things must come to an end. It's, it's been a beautiful winning, hasn't it? I've had an absolute blast debating and talking about Formula One with you two people over the last, what, five months now? And yeah, something I think like that. Oh my God. I think this, this is something we can definitely be proud of as, as us for as young, young F1 fans, young aspiring journalists as well, that we managed to build up a fantastic audience base who listens to us week in, week out for whatever reason. And it's just sad that this is the end, but like we said, onto bigger things, onto new stuff, new challenges, new opportunities, and just thank you to everyone who's listened to us, and thank you for you guys for listening to me for the last few months. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I I know Charlotte, I know Jay, I know myself. We're not going to be able to avoid Formula One completely. We'll still be watching it. We'll still be finding ways to chat about it. So do follow all of us on social media if you care about anything that we're saying. Just going to give you all our Twitter ads. You know, you can keep in con- keep in contact. That sounds rude. Keep in contact. Get in touch with us. Um, 
at Shah Christo on Twitter for Charlotte at Jay Gardner. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> this is a PG show, Dan. You can follow all of us on Twitter at Shah Christo at Jay Gardner underscore nineteen and at Dan underscore Palmer seventeen. If you do want to keep in contact with us, and we would love for you to keep in contact with us. The Cut to the Race podcast will, of course, continue. It will be with a different panel. Won't be me, won't be Charlotte, won't be Jay, but it will continue. So do keep listening along. Follow us, check us out, see what's going on in the world of Formula One. We can't wait for the rest of this season. We are so excited to see who gets that championship. Charlotte, final few words. Who's winning the championship? Uh, I'm going to stick with my boy. I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton. Jay, who's winning the championship? You're on mute, Jay. <laughs> It was a perfect ending. Oh, sorry, sorry, I've ruined it. I was, I was gonna, I said Nick DeVry. Oh, God's sake. <laughs> he's not in it. Really... What? Are we he's watching the same it. season? You may as well say no. Nico Hulkenberg. I think you've no. been watching GP2 from 2019. <laughs> Maybe Formula E from 2021. Maybe. What a guy, Maybe. what a driver he is. I was going to say that before I end my, <laughs> my time on the podcast. I love Nick DeVry. No, I think it will be, I think it'll be Max. Um... I feel like the, the inner Brit inside me is saying, Lewis, eight-time world champion, beautiful fireworks, I love it. But 19-point gap, four races to go, and Brazil still to come. It's hard to look past Max at this point. I know he said final words, but I just want to quickly add, both drivers this season have driven so incredibly. They've given us so, so much drama, so much action. So both of them are very deserving uh, winners slash world champions. So, yes, very, very excited. Absolutely, absolutely. I want it to be Lewis. I think it will be Max. But we'll see, you know. Nothing is certain in this season of Formula 1. It is absolutely bonkers. And, you know, we're gutted that we can't take you through the rest of it. But do follow us on social media. And I'm sure the team here will be taking you through the rest of it for sure. Charlotte and Jay, it has been lovely for the last few months to share my Thursday evenings with you. Thursday evenings? They just won't be the same now, will it? They won't. You know, like, as, as an Arsenal fan, I've watched us in the Europa League for the last few seasons. And now I've nothing to do on Thursdays. And this is the exact same feeling I'm feeling now. So, Thursdays won't be as good. I'm going to miss it. I mean, I'm sure we can still just call on a Thursday evening. It's not like we don't know each other. But in terms of the podcast, in terms of this, this chemistry we've built up, it hurts my heart. But sometimes things just come to an end. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to miss you guys very much. Like Chase said, we can always just hop on Zoom and just do this for us. <laughs> Imagine just chatting about the news, making our predictions. Um, so, yes, it's been great. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And, um, yeah, much go, love. Go on, Dan. Do your famous goodbye to, to bring go. it I'm ready. The tears. I've got tears. As already. I say, we won't, we won't be gone forever. I'm sure we'll be back in some form. We love talking about Formula One too much. But for now, and from the Formula Nerds, or from us lot, from the Formula Nerds, for the final time, goodbye. <laughs>